Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. This is Block Talk, a show where one man with an obsession with pop culture dishes the tea on everyone's favorite drag reality show. I'm Michael, and I'm finally qualified to judge this talk show challenge. Oh, girl, RuPaul done fucked up Drag Race All-Stars 6. The hosts did the most by forcing the All-Stars to host their own talk shows. But did the right queen leave? Find out soon. It's time to break down the latest episode of Drag Race All-Star 6. And joining me at the digital table are Lady Gaga's biggest Stan Griffin bar and DC's premier Peppa Pig impersonator, Hunter Paris Cartier. Welcome! Hi! Did I get Good your morning. intros accurate? Yeah, yeah, you really nailed it. And I think I think it's very on brand. I, yeah. I know, you're, you're wearing that. Unfortunately, Hunter is not dressed as Peppa right now. I know, I know. The pink paint was staining my skin too much, so I had to take a break. But <laughs> it was it was definitely one of those moments when I saw that performance. And was like, yeah, this is peak drag. This is what drag should be. Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to become you... my entire reputation, but that's okay. <laughs> have, how many times have you done Peppa Pig since then? I actually don't think I've broken out since then. It's it's been a long. I mean, it, time. W- it was it was like right before the world shut down so that makes sense mm-hmm. yes yes it was so she'll she'll come back one day i continually watch peppa pig clips to get inspiration just by myself so <laughs> it's coming back it's coming yeah, back that checks out that's checks. well yep, before yep, we yep. dive into all things all star six we got some drag news of the week um first congratulations to drag race who was nominated for 11 emmy awards including Yay. best host and best reality show um, at this point, it feels like, and we'll, we'll, I have my theories on it later, but it feels like everything that happens on the show is just for Emmy B. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. Especially this episode. Just, just a tad the, bit. Yeah. The progression of being, it's kind of that double-edged sword of like, yes, now we are exposed and now like everyone sees us, but now it definitely is uh, changed, I would say. Yeah, um, they're trying for those storylines. They're getting them. <laughs> the other fun news of the week is Drag Race UK Series 3 coming this autumn. Um, doesn't end. We've got so much drag coming up. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. It's like, I feel as though, like, they just never, it's now to the point that they just never stop working. It's just... Now, um, I mean, by this time next week, we're going to have another winner. Uh, a, the Queen of España is going to be crowned. Yeah. Um, and in two weeks, we get Drag Race Holland season two. It's I didn't not even know that was stopping. happening. In two weeks? I didn't know I, that. August 6th. I August didn't know 6th. that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't announced the chemistry oh, yet, but um, yeah, they... Fred is ready to um, play again. But yeah, a lot of drag, lots of things happening. Um, obviously, there are still rumors of other 
seasons possibly coming out this year, including an international all-stars and all-winners season. But until there is an official announcement, it's all speculation. But there are definitely queens missing right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? Are they like, are there, is there a whole new batch of people that have gone AWOL? For all-winner season? Yeah, just, just a little bit. But the, this, the season, I can confirm the season 14 queens are back. That is official confirmation. Mm-hmm. Oh, they wrapped that already? Oh, they're done. Yes. Oh, they done. They are done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about All-Star 6 because... That's what we're doing. Um, how have you both been enjoying this season so far? Who wants to go first? All you. You, you start. Yeah, you go. I okay. So I had kind of uh, an anticipation on it because I kind of I was thinking this last night when I was kind of brushing up. Um, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch five because I don't even remember it. Um, yeah. I like, I was kind of like, what happened? But um, I remember in the promos, a couple of them in the Meet the Queens, Jan especially said like, I really hope everybody watches this one. This one's really special. I personally kind of feel like this is, I feel like as much as I love Drag Race and I will always watch everything that they do, there are moments in the later seasons where I've kind of been like, okay, like this is just another one, like kind of like what we talked about, we're shuffling through. But this one to me does feel pretty special. I enjoy it. And I actually, when you told me we were talking about Untucked, I didn't even realize there was an Untucked. So I watched all of them yesterday and I'm very impressed by this new Untucked format. This, like Untucked, I I was watching it and I was like, this is really good. So I'm, I personally am enjoying it. I can see the overproducedness. However, I do enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, been a good season. Yeah. Yes. I'm in a similar boat. I but when I saw the cast announce, I was like, this is very interesting. And it could go one of two ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of people where I was like, okay, here we are. You're here. Fascinating. Um yeah. it was like but, half expected, half unexpected. Yes. I mean, I, um, I notoriously I have, have called it um all uh drag race some stars. And that's what it seemed like at first, but I've been super impressed. I was also, I hold TKB very close to my heart. I love her and I have always loved her. And so I was just nervous. I was like, I just want you to do so well. I want every, I like, I didn't want her to come on and like crash about it. And I was like, please, please, please. And so far (laughs) I've been, been incredibly impressed. And we'll talk about my opinions. (laughs) I have some about her. (laughs) Um, so I've, yeah, I agree. I've been really impressed. It does feel special. Like you said, it feel, the energy just feels different, especially compared to like All-Stars 5 of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, it's good. I'm, I'm yeah, really it, it's, it's definitely been a cast where the expectations were so low that they are exceeding the expectations, mm-hmm. which is a good thing for them. That being said, you can tell that they are making their own decisions and RuPaul's not thrilled with the decisions. And I feel like this is now the first episode where Ru has put her foot down and the fans are not happy now. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where Ru is like, I don't want to have control, but 
when you don't have control, things happen. And now you're going to cause a lot of controversy because you just destroyed Jan's career because of this. Um, because now so. people hate her. Well, people hate her because she's still there and Scarlet left for no reason. And we will discuss how that all happened. But if you listen to my podcast last week, this is what I predicted. I predicted if Scarlet ever ends up in the bottom, she's gone because they're all basing it off of track record. And because Rue did not put her in the top two times that she should have been in the top, she didn't have a good track record compared to these two. I know it's not this episode, but I just have to say that blue gown that she wore, I was shocked. Stunning. Yep. I, uh, she should have won. She should have won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? And we'll 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 get into it. Um, she should have been in the top last week over um, Eureka, but Rue just has a boner for Eureka, and that's the way it is. So let's dive into it. It's after the elimination. It's a bittersweet moment for Akira because she's safe and still here, but she has two strikes against her, and all she can do is keep swinging. Ginger is sad to see Yara go, but she notes how miffed Yara was as she says, "Fuck you all." Trinity is like. Why are you leaving on a negative note? It, it, it's not their fault you were lackluster. And she didn't fight for her right to stay. Akira is thankful and grateful for those who saw her fight and drive. Are you sad to lose Yada? Uh, <laughs> I do think it's a weird criticism. I think they're taking her like, fuck you all, a little harsh. I, yeah. I kind of felt, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, but I think she kind of has got shoved out because she wasn't fitting into the, like, the mold of coming back into the backstage and fighting as they want and all of those things. But yeah, I was, I'm always entertained with her on my screen. It sometimes doesn't make sense, yeah. obviously. But I'm yeah, always I mean, entertained. So I am a little like, nah, wish she was Yeah, she's, yeah. Oh, go. Yeah, she's go. definitely she's definitely a character, and you can also tell that she's definitely from an early season because she acts yeah. like Kumbaya Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel I kind of feel like there is this kind of relationship that I feel like RuPaul has with like the queens who like I kind of view it as like first half batch, mm-hmm. and then yeah. like. Then once we hit mainstream television, the second hat, like the second coming yeah. of, of Queens. So Yara is obviously in the legendary uh, group of the, like the original pioneers for this moment. And I feel like there is this weird, I just feel like there's this weird relationship that RuPaul just like, Yara is just one of those Queens that could literally like fart on stage and RuPaul is like, you're the winner. She's like, <laughs> literally she loves her she just like loves her and it's kind of like this yara is one of those queens that can kind of do almost anything and they're and and they're like it's as and i love Alyssa, but i feel like it's the same kind of comment and all stars it's like it's funny because it's yara yara is just her own unique enigma and right i i was sad to see her go but I also felt like it did make sense with the context and where we were in like the way it went. Bully. Well, Jan goes through the box. It's one for Akira with eight for Yara. It's anonymous, according to Kylie. <laughs> At least she's pretty. <laughs> you know what? She's Words are hard. 
Yeah, words are hard. Unanimous, anonymous, very similar, very similar. It's time for Jan to reveal her pick. And girl, she is sweating. What was her vote? Akiria. Jan is in panic mode. She is backtracking and looking like a fool. Jan says that her heart wanted Akiria to say, but she thought they were going on track record integrity. She thought everybody would say that they both were in the bottom, but Yara has a win. Jan feels stupid now, seeing what everyone else saw. Scarlett says that she could vote however she wanted. She didn't need the group's permission. Be careful what you wish for, Miss Envy. They will come back to haunt you those words. How do you feel about um, Jan's reveal here? I'll just say backtrack, backtrack, backtrack again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she she got herself into a mess by not. I think they would have respected her more if she said, "Hey, I made this decision. This is how I felt. Here we go. We're ready to go." But because she tried to blame it on everyone else <laughs> then they just got more offended <laughs> i yeah i agree i kind of feel like i honestly like i don't know what i would have done in the picking situation however i i supported her decision i thought it made sense like that's how she felt it's just yeah it's one of those moments of like i think i've been just learning this in life too like just when you make that decision just like own it and no one cares. It's just like, that's how you feel. And I like that Ginger kind of tried to help her with that and was just like, own it. Like, yeah, that's one of vote. Like, there's really no problem with it. This is the thing that we're learning about Jan is Jan is a student of the game and she's aware of how Drag Race is played. But when yeah. you overthink it, this is how you get yourself in trouble. And she got herself in trouble because she didn't She didn't plan this scenario in her notebook. She didn't know what she would do in a situation where she was wrong because she's never wrong. But now she's in a position where Trinity asked that the, they take the word integrity off the table because they've been there so long enough that they're comfortable with one another. They form relationships. And Scarlett says they don't need to take integrity off the table, but they have to respect choices. And like the choice of cutting the TKB off when you're talking because she was about to get there. Also, speaking of things cutting off, um, Scarlet's weave was about to fall off during this whole conversation. Did you notice that? I saw the wig line. Backwards, backwards, backwards. I saw the wig line and it was real. (laughs) Yeah. Drag is hard. Gave me the very Utica, the flashback to Utica (laughs) in the Porkchop Lounge when no one told her her wig was up here. Nobody told her it was like up there. Shady, but shady. What what does the word integrity mean? Does should integrity be a word on Drag Race All Stars? I would think uh, if you so. want to keep the producers happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I understand. And what I've noticed, especially in the last couple of seasons, uh, I think with like four and then five and six. A lot of their conversation that they're having about the eliminating order and everything, and I think I think this happened after the Naomi and Manila elimination, which is now their main focus is like, and I I don't blame them. I would feel this way too. It's like you kind of have to think about what's going to happen when you're when you leave, and it's like sure. I, I can tell because now we're all on this mode of like. I, I'm here to play and it shouldn't matter, but in the society we live in, it does matter. So how am I going to do it? 
it's yeah. hard. So Jan, looking for some clarity is like, are we getting rid of track record? Eureka said it should be considered. And y'all know, Jan's like, will we? Is it actually going to be considered? Mm-hmm. And then she, of course, cousin it's herself and puts her hair in front of her face because she's just, she just want to be there. Um, but Jan miscalculated and she thinks it'll affect her down the road. May the odds be in everyone's favor. It's a new day. Ginger woke up before the alarm because she is ready to get the party started. I hate waking up before the alarm. Well, who does that? Why do we do that? Why does our body do that to us? It's rude. It's psychotic. Yeah. Well, Yada's mirror message clarifies she was kidding when she tells them all to go fuck off. What it also clarifies is that Jan cannot read and misreads guys are as guests on. Come on, Beauty and the Beast. Let's get sickening. <laughs> I looked at that many times and I was like, I don't even see Gaston. What are you reading, girl? <laughs> the education system, it's not working. <laughs> Over in New Jersey, you know, times are tough. Hey, <laughs> that's where I'm from. But I'm also much older than she is, so there's an age gap. Eureka knows that the crew is fashion forward. Kylie is always cunty. She calls Trinity a Cisco fantasy. When was the last time anyone heard the name Cisco? Now the question is, was she wearing a thong? Who knows? Raja says that if we can't give Trinity the trade, we can give her the fashion, and Akira will not let up on Trinity as not trade. Um, what if this is like one of those schoolyard crushes and she just won't admit that like she sees Trinity as trade because she likes Trinity? Can we like ship that as a as a drag race couple? Yeah, I think we could. I think it all comes down to the whole concept of bullying when you're a kid. You bully people because you like them. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, still happens. I don't think people leave that alone. No, they <laughs> no, don't. We've seen how people them. act in the gay bars. Yeah. Uh-uh. And then, yeah, when you're 27, you're just meaner. <laughs> yes, that's that's that that's that's the team. Um, hello, grinder. Um, oh, the question is, if 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 the two of them ever got together, who's the bottom? Well, I guess I'm the question is, got who's that the top? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Curious got the booty for it. Well, Rue comes in wearing a plaid suit. She tells the queens that for the Maxi Challenge, they need to produce and host an intimate, provocative, and entertaining chat show called Pink Table Talk, inspired by the Facebook Watch series Red Table Talk with the Smith family. They will dish on their choice of topics, motherhood, sex, and body, while working in teams of three. Have you ever sat down for an episode of Red Table Talk? Yes. Yes, I used to watch okay, it okay. all the time. Yeah. Um, are you a fan I of it? <laughs> Neither I am. am I. I, really, I really like it. I, I used to watch it. I watched it a lot during the pandemic and I think they touch on a lot of really interesting stuff. And Jada, Jada can, it just carries that show with her mom and Willow. Like they are all just like a great unit. It's a really good program. You should watch it. Does Willow whip her hair back and forth the entire time? Uh, No, she looks great though. Every single time. And and there is a spinoff version of the Estefans have their own red table talk. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's it's the new version. The Asefans are doing it. Um, okay. Yeah, crazy. But height won't determine the teams here. They get to pick finally. It's going to be Raja, Scarlet, Kylie, Trinity, Eureka, and Akira, and Ginger, Pandora, and Jan. Any shocks in how these teams shaped up? Not particularly for me. I wasn't shocked. No. Yeah. 
It made they sense. felt, yeah. To get ready, they can feel free to have wasted a minute of recording time so they can shout out the fabric.com fabric wall that literally no one uses. Except Georgie. <laughs> why? Why do why is it there? <laughs> Just like make them use it. I want to see it actually be used. Make that the design challenge. Only using fabric on the fabric.com wall. Come on. That's I hate sponsorship. For the amount of money fabric.com pays for that. It's so crazy. <laughs> and we all just look at it like <laughs> I hope at least their sales don't... have increased at least from it. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, sure. Of course it has. Um, I just hope that they don't have to replenish it every year. I mean, clearly they don't, but like that, it's the same fabric from like season eight. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, sponsorship and drag race is the thing. If any, if you have haven't been watching Drag Race Espana, um, fucking Samsung flip phone. I'm over it. I'm done. Oh, <sighs> this is a fucking flip phone. Advertised on there. The last episode, they each got one. The reunion episode, the top three got one. They all. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was a lot. I was like, "What are you using a flip phone? Everyone has an iPhone now." Anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's time to pick the topics that they'll spill the tea on. Uh, before we get to what they picked, which topic would the two of you have picked? Hmm. I don't know. Hard, right? Your question. I think the motherhood one is off the table. I think that's just in general very, I think that was the hardest one to talk about. Absolutely. Sure. The hardest one to kind of make funny or it's just think like, unless you had a specific story like Scarlett did, you're kind of like, eh, what? Yeah. Um, mothers. But the one, there, we'll get into it, but there was yeah. one part of motherhood that they didn't discuss. And I was like, it's easy. Drag family, drag mom. Why is no one discussing that? That would have been super simple. Yeah, I know. Especially, maybe that would have been too safe. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So if I you're taking motherhood the off most, the table, yeah, they, they are the. I feel like drag families are the most complicated relationships. Sometimes you're mixing like mm-hmm. business with family, with friendship, with yeah. everything else. Like, is, is that a can, problem can, for you? <laughs> my mother and I have a great relationship, but I'm saying drag families in general. We definitely that's fair. The, uh, do, you want, do you want to shout out your drag mom? My drag mom, Venus Valhalla, uh, <laughs> former guest, the on only Blog Celine Talk. Dion impersonator. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bitch, who I fucking messaged and I was like, I'm doing a divas digital show. Do you want to do Celine Dion? And bitch did not respond back. Okay, I I can't get a text back from her, so <laughs> don't feel bad. It's not personal. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so you're not going to pick motherhood. What are you taking, sex or body? I think sex. I think it's the most okay. fun and like kind of easiest just to when you get nervous to try and think of something to say, it's easiest to kind of like pull something right mm-hmm. out. So that's what I would feel most comfortable. Yeah. Griffin, what are you picking? I feel like uh, for me, if I... I feel like I would be able to talk about the body stuff pretty, pretty well. Um, but I think the ch- most challenge, if I if I was presented with a challenge, kind of like Raja, I feel like for me, my challenging category would probably be the sex category. That would be a moment where I'd have to feel vulnerable and like think about it because my relationship with sex is just a very interesting one. So it's just kind of like I feel like that would be the challenging one for me. And then the body one I feel like I could be able to definitely navigate as well. 
That's fair. Well, Akira and Co. want to do sex because got to do what you're good at. Scarlet yeah. wants motherhood. Ginger wants motherhood. And Ginger because she's trying to be a mom. And Scarlet because she has two moms. Come on, two queens trying to push a narrative storyline onto the show. <laughs> Ginger isn't the type to fight, but Scarlet has been safe the entire season and she's tired of it. So she is going to stand out, but she's going to be competitive right now. How will they decide? Paper beats rock, Scarlet gets her way. Ginger will look at this as an opportunity and walk away briskly with it. Since she didn't get her way, Ginger asks if she can be the moderator of her team and Pandora and Jan are like, sure, why the hell not? Because neither of us have a backbone or spine and you don't want that power. But guess who has body issues? It's 49-year-old Pandora Box showing that no matter the age, you can still hate how you look. She shares she's always been skinny. She used to be a twink. She is now a dad bod or an aging twink. She doesn't know what to call herself. And as Jan forcefully says, that's the vulnerability the judges are looking for. Don't worry. You'll hear that line again later on this episode. Jan says that when she watched herself in season 12, she saw herself as over the top, but she can sit down and have a real conversation. This is an opportunity to show what's behind the makeup. Ginger says she has to blend with the reality, the reality with the fantasy, which Jan immediately says, fantasy, which Ginger gives the hardest eye roll. So we have this moment where Pandora, through her humor, is talking about her body issues. And then it's slammed, stop. Jan is being Jan and being a reality show character. What is Jan not grasping? I don't think Jan had enough time. I don't think Jan had enough time. I, I I did appreciate in the Untucked how they did mention, maybe it wasn't this one, but how she hasn't gotten the opportunity right. everyone else has yet to go out and to go out into the world. Um, and I kind of feel like that's why Valentina rejected All-Stars 3 too, because she didn't have enough time. And I just kind of mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like Jan in her own, like uh, nothing against her because of the way the world operated and stuff. But I feel like it was kind of like she stepped out of season 12 and now she's back. She hasn't had really time to like, I feel like kind of come back into that a little bit and like understand it a little more. And on top of that, I think she didn't watch All Stars 12 through a critical eye because she allowed her fan base to support her and she thought she was doing it all right. So she's doing the same formula here. It's not working with this group of queens. It's not working with Rue and the judges. And I think she's probably regretting everything because she doesn't know who she is. Yeah, I just kind of feel like I think, I don't think I, cause she is personally for me, one of my favorite Rue girls. Um, she, I, cause I feel very connected with the whole musical theater thing. And I really loved her on 12. Um, and I and I really am excited, and I'm re- I really love her on six too. But I can see that, and I think it's from a musical theater standpoint because I had a lot of struggles with that of how, like presenting myself in a way that wasn't genuinely me sometimes. Um, so I can still kind of see that, unfortunately, sometimes with her. I don't know. I hope that doesn't sound rude, but it's um, like I, yeah, you can kind of see it. I feel like there's still persona of like hey i'm on tv um Mm -hmm. but i also will say her fashion game is unbelievable i'm very impressed with it but 
my kind of read on her it with that too is that I don't think she's quite connected to the like wink of the show. Yes. I, and I, I think that's what RuPaul is looking for is that everything is a, everything's like, this is be serious, but also not serious. Like, and yeah. Yeah. I don't think she always connects that. And I think that's where everyone kind of gets a little like, ugh. falls off a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like I can also just see the, I see the New York in her and everything that she does. Yeah. And it's like, so gung-ho and yeah. sometimes like and I think that's why we've seen some like New York queens like really like struggle on the show at some point who are like got like Britta you know like house down like entertainers to the mm, like or when you would see them at a show you know they'd command the stage for two hours three hours whatever like they have to yeah but that doesn't always translate to the format of the show yeah yeah it, it's it so not good, every good drag queen is a good rue girl <clears throat> Damn. This is true. Damn. Well, Scarlett loves her mom so much. Raja loves that because she is not close with her mom. It's a work in progress. Her story is her heartfelt, is heartfelt, which is what they need for their talk show. Raja doesn't want her vulnerability to come off as weakness, so opening up will be a challenge for her. Kylie is going to inadvertently be the moderator as she will open and close the show. Eureka is excited for her group because... I think she wants both of them. If she could have a threesome about with the two of them, I think she would take it in a heartbeat. Um, But the goal is for their group to be in the top. Akira loves sex. She thinks it's a beautiful thing. And there are some chapters in Miss Akira's book that we haven't read yet. Um, I am excited to read that book um, because it sounds very juicy. Akira will discuss gender roles. Trinity will speak on being a person who is HIV positive. Eureka will talk about being a bigger person and how it she has to be careful with sex, aka she's going to talk about being fat. Okay, we'll see how this all weaves together. Then Trinity calls Eureka her big gushy teddy bear. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, 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 thank you. I wasn't a fan of that either. Scarlett is eager to win and is telling Kylie that they told her to get out of her shell in the acting challenge, but Kylie is like. I don't think I'm in my shell. And thus begins the acting demise of Scarlett's edit. This conversation is awkward because rather than being positive and supportive, Scarlett is being very passive aggressive. Kylie is like, are you insecure about how I'm bringing this into the discussion? And Scarlett's like, no, you just have to have more energy. But yeah, you're not doing it right. Kylie's like, do you want to do it? Scarlett's like, no, I believe you can do it. Just like, don't fuck it up. I understand what we're going here. We're, we're, we, we need to set up a, a loser storyline for Scarlet. We need to give her the, the elimination edit. This looked bad. This was not cute. It didn't look good. Do you think this think- was fancy editing or do you think this was what Scarlet actually was bringing? I don't think she meant, I, I don't think she meant it that way. But I, it's how it came off, and they were like, "Perfect! This is how what you're saying is coming off, and we can yeah. take that." And <laughs> I don't, I don't think she meant it all. If you like, I feel like I kind of get how she talks sometimes, and it can sound a little rude. But I know yeah. that she's not meaning it to be. <laughs> but yeah, that's what they could use. She, they went she, for it. Yeah, she's a very passive person in general, and when she, her inflection usually goes up at the end, so that's why it sounds very passive aggressive even though she's not trying to be but yeah when you have two very mild-mannered people trying to be 
supportive and yet a team player, it didn't look good. It was not a good look here. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into Pink Table Talk, we need to discuss. Was this basically a test pilot for a drag version of a chat show? This was not the typical drag race challenge. And when we get into the judging, you can tell what was being criticized um, contradicts anything we have seen on the show before. Was this acting, was this an acting challenge or was this Emmy bait? I didn't even think of it that way. That's very interesting that you said that because now my entire mind has now shifted and now I'm like thinking about it because I was so impressed. I kind of thought all three of them did well. I, I yeah. was in, and I was just like sitting there like talking. And I even thought when I was, when I was watching it, I was like, I would like, if this was an actual like show, I would watch it. Like yeah. I would be interested. So now I'm starting to wonder, was it a, yeah, it could be. I, like I, this I is the episode that they're going to submit to the Emmys next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt too. Now it got you your drama. You're, you're, you're getting um, interesting plot lines that are not discussed in other reality shows. This is your, this is what that's, this is not a bad thing. No, but now we're just seeing through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I saw, I felt like some of the editing too felt different the way they kind of, they let some moments kind of sit and pause and not just like hammer us over the head with like, cut 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 and i'm like this actually feels genuinely like a good conversation for the first time. right and and they weren't introducing the the sound cues that we're used to like the the dodo music and the shade button that was not into this this was something else so it was I, formatted differently i feel like they mm-hmm. really were trying i yeah i feel like they were trying to kind of make it the episode that well and also too like the end like the elimination was shocking the shock value was all there. I Yeah, I feel like it was kind of set to be that kind of for your consideration moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they all are going to format it kind of like a talk show. What would your mm-hmm. intro line be? Well, I'll put you on the spot. Do you have like a fun little intro of how you would introduce yourself? Yeah, um, mine, I've always also thought about I feel like it also coincides with if I ever got there, what my workroom entrance line would be. Uh-huh. And uh, mine would just be, you're not dreaming, I'm really here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so that's probably what I would do. I'm here for it. Oh man, I have to think of one. I I, I usually play the ditzy route, so I'd probably just say, hi, I'm Hunter, I'm dumb. And then just <laughs> Just that checks out. That's I good. love That's good. that. That's awesome. Well, let's go through each team. We're going to start with Team Sex. Um, theirs mm. intro is: This is Pink Table Talk, a show designed to make you gag, cry, laugh, all the same, at, all at the same time, from three real queens with points of view. Child, you're mm. welcome. Eureka, you found it. The self-proclaimed elephant queen. Opinions are like assholes, and I am one. The illusion that causes all the confusion. Akira, D-A-V-E-N-P-O-R, and honey, she's spilling all the tea. Yes, God, Nessa, it's Trinity K. Bonet, a woman with many backgrounds, one of them being messy, so watch what you tell me. Okay, those are three very fine intros. Um, Tell us exactly who they are. Mm -hmm. 
First off, let's discuss the looks a little bit. Um, Trinity looks TV casual and the best. Eureka is taking up space at the back of the table. And Akira is like, I'm a drag queen and I brought expensive drag, so I'm going to wear it. Yes, that was that. That's the perfect way to describe it. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, it wasn't oh, really Caucasian, okay. and that's fine. But um, yeah. again, like, what was their prompt here? What were they supposed to be wearing? I was curious about that too because I was wondering. I was like, were they given like a try to wear something, or was it kind of one of those moments of like, if you want to do best drag or if you want to do something, right? Go. Or yeah, you're gonna I be sitting Trinity. there for a couple hours. Yeah. Trinity fit the bill most of like, we're doing I this agree. TV show. Like you said, we're doing this TV show kind of casual, just here, let's say. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. So Eureka starts off as a moderator and introduces the topic of sex. Everybody has it, but nobody's talking about it. I will. I'll start. I'm not because I'm stuck in New Jersey and no one wants me. <laughs> there we go. Um, sex. We love it. But they start discussing sex and drag. Um, Akira reveals that in her heyday that Kiki did, and she used to live her life as a transgender woman. So, one, did any of us know about this, about Akira? Two, have y'all ever experienced sex and drag? I just saw Spark. <laughs> You're, going You're going first on this that one. one. <laughs> You're going first on this one. Uh, I didn't know this about Akira. I knew actually about Eureka because Eureka has had the same mm. experience. Um, and she talks about that a lot on podcasts and everything that I've listened to. Um, I think it was a great thing to bring up and also just like a super like gender is a journey for everybody. And I, I think it was really great just to see someone talk about that. Um, outwardly uh, <laughs> to your other question <laughs> i've been propositioned many times but hunter's a classy gal so <laughs> not there She's yet not but floozy. i wouldn't rule it out not a, not a floozy rule it out. <laughs> okay okay um, now griffin your answer I, here i had no idea about that about akira but i was so happy that that topic came up because i've even thought i mean i feel like I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else's like journey into their sexuality or their identity, but I've always kind of wondered that. Like I've had moments of like, okay, I'm not sure. I think, I think this is, I think this is where my heart is. This is how I feel, but I think it's really, and I feel like that is a topic that's not really talked about ever about people who begin a transition and then realize certain different things about themselves. So I was really, I was shocked by that whole thing. And I was kind of in that mode where what you said earlier, I was like, I would like to read this chapter of your book. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I want you to literally, I wish, I feel this way about the lip syncs too sometimes. I, why do we edit this down so much? Like I would be totally cool if this was a three hour episode and it was just like, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Um, yeah. And, um, no, uh, no, I have not. But um, I'm, 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 I'm not taking anything off the table. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I think Akira is very colloquial when she discusses her life and is able to be serious while maintaining a sense of humor. Um, and when the other two get involved, especially once we start discussing Trinity as trade, it's very easy. It's, it's accessible conversation to listen to. And I think they that Akira handle it very, very, very smartly. Trinity discusses HIV positive status, and she is a strong talking head for this topic. 
especially when she does give that turn of the head to the camera to discuss undetectable and untransmittable. She was a strong contender for a spot that is going to be vacated by Megan McCain on The View. So Trinity Campbell, let's see her on the show, right? Let's get her there. Let's, let's do it. There. Come on, start the campaign. I'm, I know that I'm biased, but that was like, her, she was my favorite. It was my favorite moment. Just like she, her, the she way is, she handled it. She handled She's it. becoming a so, superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Superstar. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish, again, editing, but I wish they give this topic a little more because there aren't people talking about it in this manner. Yes, I agree. Because sometimes when it is discussed on like, Twitter, it's usually by one of those instagays who is trying to be like untransmissible, uh, undetectable. And then you're like, no, you're showing a fucking body picture. How is this helping anybody? I can't take you seriously. So I think this is important. Um, I hope there is an HIV um, campaign out there that Trinity can work with. Put an ad spot out there. This is a great starting point because we're all respecting Trinity on the show. Let her be the talking head of this. But Trinity reveals that Trinity is a virgin, but Josh is the manager and Trinity is the talent. But put a ring on it. She'll play a role for you. I thought that was very cute. Very, very fun way to flip the table. That was good. Eureka says she gets a lot of ding dong because she puts herself out there. Is that my problem? Do I not put myself out there? Who who wants Eureka and why am I alone? What the hell's do I need to be a drag queen and then I'll be getting some ding dong? What? It can go What's both happening? ways. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right? Some, Honestly. Um, but that Are is a, I, hearing her say that. Surprise. No, I think I've seen that time and time again because I definitely am more a reserved person, especially out of drag. Um, and it's funny that I'll be out kind of like at the Cubs and one people won't notice that <laughs> they're like, oh, you're Hunter, that's weird. Or um, they don't just notice me at all. And I see a lot of people who kind of put themselves out there and like really are incredibly confident, just people gravitate towards them in a different way. And I think that's like a great strength of Eureka's. Um, yeah. I was working for. <laughs> and and let, let's be real. There are definitely race chasers out there. Yes, this is true. Very much so. Have you either of you chased a racer? <laughs> Getting deep questions. I have not. I'm not, <laughs> not my not my game, but I I have not. I do know a couple people that have. Um so and I. have succeeded. <laughs> I know there are a couple people that have succeeded. Um cool. And yeah. Um, but uh, you know. Take me out to Stonewall. We'll have a couple of drinks and then I'll spill the tea on that. Love that. Uh, love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the closest I've ever gotten is um, I took shots with Mariah Balenciaga at Flaming Saddles once, but that was fun. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, the closest thing I've ever gotten to it is um, pre-drag race when I was judging Lady Liberty. Um, the season that Rosé won, she did a number where part oh. of her number she had whipped cream and was putting it in people's mouths and making out with them. And I was one of the people she did it to because she knew she'd get the points from me. Oh, I love that journey for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but she goes on Eureka to talk about chubby chasers very humorously. Um, we're chubby chasers. Um, I'm waiting for you. I'm not running. What, what, 
Where did this come from? Why is she talking about chubby chasers? Are they a real thing? I would say so. I mean, I think everybody has their own their mm-hmm. own taste and, and what they're into. So yeah, I would yeah, I think it kind of falls into the category of like that's what you're into, then go for it. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is that category on Scruff. You can uh, put a put, put tracer on there. I'm like, that just seems weird. I don't like that term. Really? You can do yeah, that? you can put yes. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I've been off the apps for a little bit, so I don't know what all the kids are up to now. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that but, it falls in that weird line yeah. of fetishizing versus appreciation. <laughs> exactly. Kind of got to sit. Yeah. That is exactly and that's what she she discusses um mm-hmm. worshiping so- someone's body and fetishizing what's the difference um there i understand the sentiment she was going toward but for me personally and i know i'm very biased against jerica her topic just didn't fit in the same way as the other two the other two i wanted to listen to eureka's it's not that i didn't appreciate what she had to say i just don't think she had as strong of a stance about it I think I I would agree with that. And I also think it's kind of hard. I mean, it's unfortunate because she was also the moderator. So in a way right. she's kind of leading it. So I would view that as you don't need to be the scene stealer in any way, but if you're the moderator, if you're kind of driving this, you should also drive it with a strong topic. Right. Now I've not seen Red Table Talk. I don't know if this next part is something that they do on the show, but we get a little game called what's inside my pink furry box. It was strange. If they needed to take out five minutes, I would have cut this segment from all of the teams, but this segment was them putting a facial exerciser in their mouth. And I'm not going to lie. I was a bit disturbed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you either of you ever used one of those before? Oh, I've always been scared. There's that one guy on TikTok everyone was sharing that had like the weird chin, like the big oh, jawline. Oh my God, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I was just like, no, get that away from me. Get that Absolutely away from not. <laughs> yeah, no, um, like it all, it looks like what that game that everyone was playing mm-hmm. um, with the thing with the the, the clear plastic thing uh, where you had to like say words or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know, It was it was strange, but Overall, this team, I think they had great chemistry. They worked well together and they were quite cohesive. So good job, good start. Um, were they actually the team that was filmed first? We'll never know, but it was good for the editing. All right, Team Motherhood, let's talk. This is Pink yes. Table Talk, Kiki with three gorgeous queens spilling that hot and juicy tea, keeping it real, sometimes too real. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Kylie Sonique Love. I'm a Southern belle who is hell on heels. Scarlet Envy here, Sultry Girl, Runway Red, and I'm hung like a thoroughbred. I'm your homegirl, Roger D. O'Hara, known as the Salty Queen, but now she's sweeter than ever. Hmm. Right here tells you exactly where the disconnect comes. Scarlet's intro. She is playing this challenge as a typical acting challenge on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now this begs my question. Did she not understand the assignment? Was the assignment not told to them? Or was this just a setup to get Scarlet out? Ooh. I don't know if it was a full setup. I think this challenge definitely separated the 
queens who you can see as very adaptable to any situation and sure. those who kind of like go in very prepared for one thing and when that changes can't always like move move around like someone like Eureka or Ginger you could kind of like sit them down and just let them talk in like in any way it's gonna kind of work and other people are not quite there and I think Scarlett like you said prepared for like this is drag race ha 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 it's an acting challenge and right that's not where everyone else is at I feel like I feel like this was one of those challenges and I think it kind of happens maybe once a season where it's like the it's the kind of like they present it to you but it's the unspoken like the actual underlying of what you're doing they don't tell you it's like if you pick up on this the actual challenge is to not like it's kind of like you kind of need to do the opposite like it's the unspoken thing of like this is what the actual challenge is they're telling us to do this but what they're actually doing and they don't want to tell you this because they want to see if you can figure it out which is you need to actually not do what they're kind of expecting you to do. Yeah. So if you go back to what Rue said, Rue said provocative, like we understood what the words were, but the words don't always match what drag race does. If you Uh are a fan of the show, we've never seen anything like this. Everything we've seen is rooted in camp. This is not what Rue wanted here. This was not supposed to be campy. And that's why I asked that question, was this Emmy bait? Was this supposed to be a pilot for something? Because on paper, Scarlett did everything right, but it wasn't what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it was really hard to watch. So when we get the critique Rue's going to give her later, I understand fully where Rue's coming from, but not as a Drag Race viewer. I can't accept that. Okay, I respect that. Yep, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So the looks, um, they're all pretty cohesive with warm color family, pretty natural hair, though. Raja needs to stop with these fucking shake and goes. I can't take it. (laughs) I can't. I can't do it anymore. I don't care. Hire Serena Chacha to fuck up your hair. At least wear a real wig, please. I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. Um, I didn't hate it. Put a fucking lace front on. Girl, you got drag race money. A little little limpstick energy when I look at this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. But they start talking about mamas and not your mama jokes. I thought that was a really cute way to kick off this. And again, tonally, not sure where they wanted to go. Kylie delicately introduces what motherhood means to them. Scarlett tries to joke about it and puts on a bit of a character facade as if this is a parody challenge, which, to be honest, wouldn't it be if this is what the show usually does? When Scarlett does talk about her moms who met each other later in life, she does take her guard down, and it is very, very endearing. When Kylie is asking questions, she is strong, but there are only so many opportunities for her to ask questions as the moderator in this situation. But Scarlett tells us about her mom's love is it's very inspiring because they had marriages and kids and careers, but they found each other and they weren't finished. They are getting married in Kentucky later this year and congratulations to them. How did you feel about the story that Scarlett was sharing? It was a beautiful story. I think my one 
my one other thing with her where I think some of the disconnect was in this is that and I think a lot of people fall into this trap like when you're trying to write like a college essay or something like that is they have a story about their family or somebody else and they kind of retell that story without going into how that works for like how that relates back to them and centering themselves sure. and it's kind of like great you told me a great story about someone else that was awesome but make sure I know how it relates to you like where are you absolutely in all of this and because like I'm interested in you um, in the, at the end of the day but it's great to just see her talk about it in general like hear a lived experience of somebody with two moms like <laughs> yeah yeah because it's, it's not something you hear about on reality tv nothing you hear no never absolutely not I completely agree with what you just said. I actually experienced that problem this past weekend with myself. I was the best man for my brother's wedding. So I had to write a speech and I was coming across that problem my own self. I was like, okay, so this story is cute, but like, how does that tie into? Yeah. So I, I get what you mean. I personally enjoyed it. I really was happy with it. It did kind of feel like we were trying to get all the details out to make sure it like was all there. Mm -hmm. but, I, but that, but like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just as, and this is where the editing comes into play where it's like, I would really have appreciated this to be much longer. Cause once again, like I want to hear about that, especially for some, a show that's being put on now for the masses to see. And it's now in an Emmy category and we're being like we're now given this huge bigger platform that we were already given to talk about trans lives to talk about people who grow up with two moms talk about all these amazing issues like so i was really happy that they did make sure that that was all there so i i i loved that she was able to have that platform to talk about it absolutely raja envies scarlet because she hasn't really opened up about her mom and when she does we do see a softer side of Raja we've never seen on the show before. She says they are a work in progress. Her mother is a pastor and being a flamboyant boy was embarrassed to be around her. The thing that was missing in this group was the life and energy. This topic was subdued and there was a lot of dead space as you discussed before. The editors left that in for a reason. You can have fun while being serious and never quite, they never quite found the balance. Kylie reaches over to Raja and that connection was real, but still felt like three girlfriends at a Starbucks talking about moms. <laughs> Kylie shares that she is a trans woman and while she can't give birth, she has a dog named Gizmo. And we see a photo that I awed at. Um, Gizmo is training her to be a better person. Um, are either of you doggy parents, pet parents? I am not. Either I wish I could be. <laughs> yeah, I know. What, I what would you, what I would could. you get? What what is the dream pet? A dream pet. I've always wanted. Oddly, I've always wanted a German Shepherd because I feel like okay. you get something that like big and beautiful and kind of like rough to love you. It's just a very special connection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but any animals, I love them. I used to work at a zoo, so I'll take it. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I was 14 and they gave me the keys to all the enclosures and I was like, probably shouldn't do that, but here we go. <laughs> oh no, this sounds like it's that that this that topic needs its own podcast. Oh there we go. wow. Wow. Hunters zoo adventures. <laughs> yeah. Uh Griffin, do you want do you want to be a doggy dad one day? 
Yeah, I do. I have I have two dreams. I want a Dalmatian. Um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I want a Dalmatian that is fresh from birth. Like I want to get this small puppy and raise this Dalmatian. And then I am so weird, but I want, I ideally would love to have like a Great Dane, like that comes up to like my shoulder and like poops logs and like is just like, ju- like this huge ass Great Dane. I would absolutely love to have one of those as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love dogs. I have two dogs. My mom has two dogs, so I'm getting to spend time with them. I just don't like shit and pee. So I'm not too fond of having to deal with that. So I will just take a pup. So if you know, you, you know, (laughs) if you know, you know, Kink joke, it's a pup. Whatever, listeners, you'll 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 catch on eventually. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. I, no, no, it, it it went right there. I knew exactly. It clicked. <laughs> oh, all right. So it's pink furry box moment, and this time, no, 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 no. It's not a vibrator. It's not a butt plug. It's a citrus reamer. <laughs> what is happening? What is this? That was the, yeah, you're right. That dead space could have been taken out because that pink furry box thing just didn't really land for me. I think it also set this group up for failure a little bit because it yeah. kind of worked in the sex group where it was like, we're talking about sex. Here's a funny sex joke with like this toy, but it's like, they they were just talking about moms. And now here's a sex No, joke. no, okay. <laughs> now let, let's, let's be real. Moms obviously use citrus reamers to- sure. Uh, I can't even I can't even make the link there. I can't do the link. It, no, this was stupid. It made no sense. Yeah. It was it was bad, really bad. But overall for me, I think the energy was lacking here and they did have the hardest topic to discuss. Why they included motherhood? It's probably because they knew they would have gotten that moment out of Scarlett and Ginger who both wanted to be in that group. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's also because it ties in to Red Table Talk and motherhood is a prominent part of that because of the generational thing it just didn't translate for drag race mm-hmm. you ready for team body oh, go ahead yeah i, I, like I agree because i feel like motherhood and just relationships with parents especially in the gay community is always a very important topic to be talked about and i feel like of a large percentage of the gay community has things to say about their like relationships with how it was growing up and stuff in a situation like that. Um, And it's like, it is just as important as a body issues or sex talk, but I just feel like there was just something about it that made it feel out of place. So let me, let me challenge you here. Let me, let me ask you this. Instead of the word motherhood being used here, what if the topic was family? I feel like that would have worked a little better. I agree. And I think that the term was the struggle here. Yeah. And well, because, you know, watching it, I was thinking about these people talking about the girls talking about their mothers. And I was thinking about, um, somebody from my past who doesn't have a relationship with their mother in the sense at all and doesn't really uh, speak to their mother. And, um, you know, that's also something that's really important too. I feel like in the gay community, there's a lot of disownment 
for some people. And, you know, it all comes like some people are able to rebuild those relationships. Some people are not. I just felt like it was a relatively like deep, deep topic. Um, and I think family Absolutely. worked better as well. Yep. Uh, so I agree. All right, let's move on to team body. Strap Sorry, on your heels and get up. No, that's totally that. I I completely agree with that, and I think it was. That's why I ask if this if it was a setup for certain people because it was a hard term. Family would have been the right thing to go, but I'm not a producer there. All right, team body, strap on your heels and get up all on in your fields because pink table talk begins now. Brought to you by Sunday Riley. Side note. Sunday Riley, please, please sponsor my podcast. I love your products. They are incredible. They make me look pretty. So Sunday Riley, please, I will take it. Oh, that stuff is good. Anyway, I'm Ginger Minge, and I'm the big booty beauty with a huge heart. Actually, the medical term is enlarged. I'm Pandora Box. I'm filled with hilarity, sass, and just a touch of gas. Fart. Hey, I'm Jan. Whether I'm serving funk or eating junk, I'm always, ooh, feeding the Janice. <laughs> right off the bat, you can tell that Jan hears the buzzwords that Rue has mentioned to her, and she is running them into the ground. She can't find her footing as a contestant on the show because she doesn't know who she truly is. She has become a conglomeration of lingo as opposed to a fully fleshed out character. It. This is where the uncomfortability came in. I was like, what? Yeah. Also... Back to the Sunday Raleigh thing for a second. Was that part of the brief? Do they need to have Sunday Raleigh in their intro? Why did Ginger get it? Is that why she won? What? Where did that come from? Because she was the only one who did it. Right. But none of the other groups had a sponsor either, right? Mm -mm. No one. Yeah. Yeah. So again, conspiracy, I don't know. But it was just very interesting that that was included. But how did you feel about... You're bringing up a lot of valid points throughout this whole thing. This is why I have a podcast. <laughs> Listen, I have watched this show and analyzed it so deeply. It's 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 just one of those things where I've actually people have told me that I've ruined their viewing experience because I've now forced them to watch the show through an edit perspective. But it's reality TV that, like, at this point in time, like, I would love to be able to do like a historical rewatch of the entire series kind of like how Alaska and Willem do, but actually like better. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where the evolution of Drag Race has been really incredible to watch. Yeah. But back to Jan, how did you feel about her yeah. intro here? I I got it. And I, I, I really, I just, I love Jan. I love what she does. I look up to her very much. I love her aesthetic. And as somebody who's aspiring to be a drag queen, it is one of the queens that I really look to. It's just like, it's like, we've, we've, we've said that before. It felt very kind of like you're doing your Jan thing right now. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, so it was just one of those moments. It's like, I love her, love her, love her. But it's like, okay, you're not taking the notes here. Like, just just like take all the Janice out and stuff like that. And just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, we we just watch it literally burn in her face with Tina Burner. Yeah. 
when you hammer it home, mm-hmm. it, it will fall in on, on top of you. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to looks, Ginger and Pandora are wearing daytime attire, and Jan is also like, here's the drag. Like, not even passable for a talk show, but again, just like Akira, you bring pretty drag, wear your fucking pretty drag. Which I honestly was kind of here for, because, like, I like I got it, especially after seeing Akira do that, and then when Jan came out, I was like, well, she does look really good in her yeah. drag aesthetic. She looks fat. Yeah. But yeah, I think the one I think her way the way her hair was very flipped and kind of casual. That was the one like casual thing that she was exactly. But (laughs) (laughs) she was like, boom. (laughs) Ginger is at ease as the moderator, and Pandora tries to interject. Jan is making sure her voice is heard for everyone, but Ginger starts the body issue talk with a joke about being fat because she eats too much, but reveals that she had a bowel obstruction, which is not a punk rock band name. She says she couldn't poop for six months, and then bam. The reason Jan lands in the bottom, because she interjects with, that is the vulnerability the judges are looking for. Cue the uncomfortable laughter. (laughs) Why did she say that? Why did she do that? I thought it was funny, but I thought it was definitely not the right place and time for that. It was ill-timed. Like, did she think Ginger was joking? No, I mean, I mean, like that was a real story. <laughs> I know, and now you're putting thoughts in my head again. Yeah, it's like, what did she think that the, that Ginger was like cracking jokes? Yeah, yeah. I think it would have felt a little less uncomfortable if we hadn't heard her say that before, too. But yeah. I think like them editing for us to hear it before and then to hear it again, and like that's what that I thought. Made it, like, too. Yeah, yes. yeah, you rehearsed. Well, <laughs> Ginger talks about how people slide into her DMs about her being fat, which leads to Jan discussing her social media experience, how people would call her out for gaining weight. Um, She doesn't even know she's a twink. Uh, Do you know who hates twinks, especially white twinks? Cardi B. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. She she just came out with a statement about um, white twinks ruining social media. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not She's wrong. wrong. No, no, I'm not wrong at all. But Ginger does a great job picking up Jan's story with good advice about you can only tell yourself you are beautiful. Pandora misses her abs and slightly brings her self-deprecating humor in as she asks if anyone has found her abs. Um, Ginger mm-hmm. asks if they are held to beauty standards and Pandora talks about ageism and how that she was a twink back in 1912 and she's gone from Goldie Hawn to Oldie Hawn. Pandora has the Joy Behar zingers easily coming, but she loves her Botox. Um, Pandora Botox. Now I ask you both, should I get Botox? I'm old. Should I get Botox? Do I need it? I don't know. Should I? If you need it to feel your jantasy, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. That was wow, wow. Congratulations. There's the win. There's the win. There was a win. Um, not to be too graphic on the podcast, but uh, uh, I guess last week, yeah, it was last week, I guess. Um, I had to go to the doctor because I had a blood tumor on my lip. Um, and I had to get that removed. And um, to start that, they had to numb my lip and they use an injection. And literally, the doctor who was doing it was like, well, now you know what it feels like to get lip filler. 
And I was like, you're glad, like you, you, you should be happy that I can't retort right now and say, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> now I know what it feels like to get lip filler and get a needle stuck in your lip. So yeah, I'm not going to do Botox. I don't, I, I, I'm okay. All you drag queens who love Botox under the age of 30 choices. <laughs> anyway, what's in the pink furry box? It's not a vibrator, even though it's vibrating. Um, it is an eye sim simulator. Have either of you used an eye stimulator? No. I don't want anything no. that close to my eyes. Uh-uh. Yeah. Mm, no. Um, no. This group, for me, very much felt like The View and a fan who won a contestant to sit at the table with Ginger and Pandora. Damn. Um, it was there was she had no dis no connection with the two of them, and they'll talk about it in Untucked a little bit. But it was it it felt uncomfortable. I kind of had a hot take that people probably aren't gonna love, but I just didn't get Pandora in this. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of, I actually kind of agree with you on this because I got where it was coming from, but there were just, I kind of felt as if, the, it, it was weird, I was watching it, and I kind of felt like, Pandora felt very like, just like far away. Like she felt mm -hmm. very like, um, you could tell she was nervous and like, and that's okay. I mean, I would, I would be nervous about it too, but I felt like there were a lot of elements of her personality that were really like subtracted. And it was just kind of like, I had not seen that. It was kind of like the one time she really was like, quiet and like kind of didn't pull out she pulled but what I found interesting is she did pull out some Pandora things that were that were funny and vulnerable but it was uh, yeah it was interesting it felt very reserved at some points it yeah, no, if you me, yeah, go ahead it's like the sim the critique of Jan, which we'll probably talk about, but like not having levels, I kind of felt the same way with her, where it's everything was like a want want the whole like everything was instead of kind of being able to dive a little deeper. But yeah, no, because that is what Pandora is as a drag artist. It is all self-deprecating um jabs. And it, it's really interesting watching her now. This is her third time on the show. She's never been the standout person. She's always been the background player who's there with your zinger when you need it. She just doesn't have that forcible energy that is going to make you sick out, especially in this iteration of Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And especially after what she went through with All Stars 1, she's really careful in how she's portrayed. Sure. She don't want to be that cunt. Understandably so. And I, I, I get it. And I think it's also one of those moments of kind of, I, yeah, like I, I'm waiting for that big standout moment for her. I think the fashion yeah. she's bringing is great so far. And I think what she's doing is great, but I am, I am anxious to get her up there and lip syncing and pulling a lipstick. Yeah. yeah. It's elimination day. Pandora is feeling good and liberated that she could talk about the things she couldn't talk about before. Ginger thinks her team did very well, and she has now memed herself as the new Alyssa Edwards with that face mask. Um, 
it's a thing. It's it's we've all had those moments. I'm sure we've all put our face masks on, put it on social media, and had our friends be like, "You look really ridiculous." I know I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ginger hopes that they are judging groups this time because she felt like they were cohesive. Mm-hmm. That's the surprise drag race. You're not going to be. Raja is feeling more vulnerable than she thought she was. She talked about real life shit. She was worried. She said things that might have damaged her relationship with her mom. She says Akira and Trinity can uh, relate. And because in the black community, what goes on in the house stays in the house. Raja doesn't blame her mom for her childhood, but she doesn't want to keep holding on to it. She wants to move forward. She starts to break down as her mom is the only family she has. And she just wants happy memories. We've never seen this side of Raja. Dare I say, is this a winner's edit? I loved it. I'm here for it. She's doing it for me this season too. And that just like. She is doing it for me as well. I'm I'm very impressed because I'm not going to lie. I was not the biggest fan um, in season 11 time. But I did have one little run in with her like six days before 11 premiered, I ran into her at Mickey's in West Hollywood. And we had like a little shot with her and she was super fun and like super cool. And then I saw her on the show and I was like, oh damn. And then this time around though, I I kind of agree with you on that, Michael. I feel like that's- Yeah, I, I mean- It might I be notoriously, a top for sure. I think it's a top yeah. four edit for sure. I notoriously am a Raja hater. I like ripped her apart during season 11. And it was mostly because I was very bitter because Honey is one of my good friends. And uh-huh. I think Raja should have gone over Honey, but that's a different discussion. Like when I had Honey for um, a recap episode for season 13, I literally on the podcast was like, I know she's one of your best friends, but I just couldn't get behind her. She's like, she'll be better. She's better. And obviously now we're seeing a different side of her. Um, because you know what you you go on as a blind um, reality show contestant you don't know what you're giving and Raja has learned unlike Jan Um, but yeah I I don't know if Raja is going to win I think she's definitely up there right now will I be happy if she does win I don't think so because I don't see her in the same category as the other quote-unquote hall of famers but she's definitely proving herself and definitely showing that people can change and I found it very interesting that she had what she had to say about um, when they went in the workroom about how she felt like she got too much. I kind of was in that mode because I've always, I feel that way too sometimes when I like talk or perform or something like that. And I kind of was in that moment of like, I wish I could like be there to be like, absolutely not. Like that was what you were supposed to do. But yeah. it's also scary. It's scary, especially if that's not your comfort zone and when and but then when she was talking about all that stuff with her mom and hoping that she didn't say anything to like I get it I mean I would be terrified about it too absolutely but from a viewer standpoint from a viewer's standpoint I thought no you would like hit it out of the park you did what you were supposed to do absolutely I mean I, m- one of my big dreams is to be on Big Brother and one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to be on Big Brother is because of the live feeds and I know myself getting comfortable with people and starting to share stories that I don't think people want me to share. So I probably would like ruin relationships that way, but this is an edited TV show. She, she, she could have said, don't put it on, but Jan, she brings up her vote again in hopes of saving her ass. She says that she really thought they were going to be going to vote based on track record. 
But that went out the window. And Pandora says there is more to go on than just track record. Eureka asks if there is someone in the group that they worry will vote someone out for competition. It's not personal. It's just drag. But it does get personal when Akira says the Trinity is going to be SpongeBob. She's yellow. Um, Hunter, weren't you part of a SpongeBob show? Who, who did you play? I was, wow, oof, memories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was part of Hilarious Times uh, Sponge Bath, right? That was right before the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I was uh, Kevin the Sea Cucumber. You remember it's a kind Natural. of a deep cut from SpongeBob. So I painted myself green. Um, and then at the end of the number, um, performed Defying Gravity. I like ripped my hair down and had a black wig on and was all that green. Lived my alphabet yep. moment. Wait, Kevin, mm-hmm. wait, wait, the one from when he's like the head of the jellyfish league. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Bob wants to be like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, yeah. Somehow I just keep getting cast as bullies in different things. So they also played Amber and Hairspray. So you know, just... Oh my God, I I want to see that. That's insane. That's awesome. All right. Let's wow. head over to the runway. Rue sissies that walk down the runway in a yellow gown and pink hair. And I swear, I've seen that in a promo look from the past. We've seen this look before, right? Yes. They said it's the same day. Let's take this. It was literally, literally, we was in drag. I was like, oh, you can't pull a fast one on, on any of us. We are going to clock you, bitch. She looked great, yeah. but we know what it was oh, from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel that way. I think that ha- that happens once a season, like season nine when she walked out in the promo look, and then in yep. season 10, the first runway. It's it, It's always that one episode. It's like, one of these runways is like the promo run. Is yep, like the promo. Yep. Well, the mouth from South Plainfield, New Jersey, gives a shout out to my absolute favorite food item, Taylor Ham and Cheese. I just want to give a shout out to anyone who has is familiar with Taylor Ham and Cheese. It is a Jersey delicacy. If you have not had it before, come to New Jersey, go to a diner, twenty four hours because we do the twenty four hour diner very well. Go have Taylor Ham and Cheese. Usually, most people have it with egg. She didn't say egg. I actually take mine without eggs. So me and me and Michelle, we're, we're, we're close now. But Taylor Ham and Cheese, it. we love it. Um, she's joined by Ross Matthews and former The Talk in the Sioux Post, Aisha Tyler, who is wearing a purple spiky mask. And guess what? She's got a reveal. She takes it off and gets so emotional as purple petals ring down. That was silly cute fun. I loved it. We love that all these celebrities are fans of the show. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I just loved her here too. I, she was like, uh, with her critiques, I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like I really and loved like, her. I enjoyed her I, so much. I always love when the guest judge does have something to do with the challenge, and they're doing that pretty well this season. Uh, obviously, next week we're going to see that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really think Aisha Tyler was an excellent, excellent judge. She's she's always a very smart person. Um, very underrated at what she does, but I, I think just that intro just means she's a cool person. I want to have coffee with her. Yeah, because because it's one of those moments where I feel like, and I feel like Lady Gaga did this too, and she was on. It was that moment of like, okay, I'm at Drag Race, so this is what I like. I want to do something because it's your platform. This is your show. I'm being invited, and I'm invited, so I want to honor that. Because, I mean, I kind of view 
it's the equivalent nowadays of like, you know, you've made it in your career when you get to host Saturday Night Live and when you get to be a, a guest on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So, and has, has she judged before on Drag Race? I feel like I've seen her before. Has she, was this her first time ever doing it? She might have been on in a very, very early season. Cause I, cause I, when she was talking and stuff, I was like, I feel like I've seen you on this before, but I could be wrong. It's possible, but yeah. fact checkers, fact check us, please. <laughs> Category is class or the pattern. And in honor of the runway, we are going to play polka dot or polka not. <laughs> so get those runways ready. Let's talk about it. And we're going to start off with Trinity K. Bonet. No designers listed. Um, she's going African inspired. I love how bold this look is and how much of a statement it makes. Teal, black and gold. Incredible color story. While I don't love the yellow hair because it does clash with the gold, this is a risky look for Trinity and it mostly pays off. Clock when she turns around, though, later in the episode, you can completely see the bra strap in the back because that top does not close. I understand. I had a lot of people message me being like, where is the pattern clash? I think we're going for semantics. I think they probably got on their piece of paper preparing that it just said, pattern as opposed to clash of the patterns i don't know someone let us know it was a good look i enjoyed it yeah i would toot that for sure i loved it yeah yes, uh, any any speci specifics on the looks let me take a i'm zooming yeah, in yeah i'm taking a look <laughs> right here <laughs> Um, they're also available on the uh, Instagram of uh, World of Wonder, I believe. Okay, cool. The solo cool. shots. But um, yeah, I think this was great. I will I will give it a polka dot. Polka dot for sure. Polka dot for sure. Yeah. Yes. The audience mm -hmm. was 80% polka dot, 20% polka not. Mm -hmm. oh. Moving on to Eureka. All right. Look by Patrick Howell. Hair by uh, Culture Chaos. Hair um kosher couture chaos hair it's the one with the case jewels by rocks by cox nails by nails by glamazon she That's saw the word class. clash and said okay i'll clash so here's my thing i think overall pattern of this gown sensational when it is comes to the individual stripes of patterns it it, it comes down to being placed ill that being said what's the story here why are they literally all clashing? These patterns are not even in the same family. They don't feel like they were cohesive. They feel like they were just straps, scraps of leftover pattern that she used for a design challenge. I firmly believe this look could have been better had the patterns lived in the same world. If you haven't seen Florence Lee's pride gown for Jacqueline Hyde, that's how you do this challenge. They all were from the same period in rainbow colors that live together and create a cohesive look. This does not. This looks like random hodgepodge. I hated it. Also, the blue, blue hair jarring. It needed to be a neutral color. But that's my take I on agree it. With, I agree with the hair for sure, the hair critique for sure. It kind of is very jarring with this. It doesn't make sense. And I think it's kind of a similar a critique that we'll talk about later probably is that it 
it kind of fits the assignment, but doesn't tell a story. So then it just kind of seems random. And I also think the silhouette for Eureka is like, I have seen this on her so many times. Like it's just right. a very safe, like, yep, this is a dress that you would wear, but you just made it with these weird fabrics instead. You know, and it didn't kind of like go over the top for me, but it looked fine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was, it was very cute, fine. but I would, I would unfortunately give it a polka knot. Polka knot. I will give it a polka knot. And guess what? We're very much the minority here. The audience was 79% polka dot, 21% polka knot. They liked it. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. That's okay. okay. That's fine. That's fine. Next up, A Curiously Davenport, Look by Joshua Napointe. I love this interpretation of this runway brief because it is unique and original when it comes to a sewing-inspired look. People like Patty Pam Pam Valentina have done this before, but Akira really went avant-garde. And when it comes to fashion, she brought you fashion. I'm obsessed with the measuring tape high pony coming I, from the headpiece. I head was piece. just going to say that I was obsessed with the Madonna measuring tape pony. Yeah, it was the so pushpin purse. Brilliant. I never love an exposed corset unless it's integral to the look. This was just that. It tells part of the story because, again, measuring tape. The typography and the pattern on the body are perfectly stoned. The only issue here is the mask is pulling up her nose and she looks hella awkward. It was not fitting properly. But this and, was awesome. off-centered a little bit throughout yeah. like that episode. But I also was a huge, weirdly enough, I was a huge fan of the shoes. I yes. love okay. the shoes. They I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the, shoes, the shoes are, I don't know if you can see it, but the shoes are yeah. everything. Um, yeah, I I give this one a polka dot for sure. For sure, yeah. I think that the shoes were so smart to do a clear shoe with this because it like, it didn't take you out of the, like a shoe could really take you out of the illusion that she's trying to give you and to make it clear just, that detail is like really awesome. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, I agree. Polka dot, this was excellent. The audience was 81% polka dot, 19% polka knot. Okay. Next up, Raja Hera. Look by Raja. Um, she's black and proud, and this is a smart way to clash patterns and yet have them still live in the same world. We've seen, uh, we've been seeing a lot of pants from Raja. Yes, she can rock them, but I would love to see her break free from that just a little bit. I'm not blown away by this as I should be because it's not as original as it could have been. I would, I would agree with that. I like how she thought of the patterns and put them together, but I agree that it's just seemed kind of like, oh, here's your pants. <laughs> it didn't really give me any like something bigger, like yeah. that I was looking for. <laughs> Ross yeah. says the runway is interesting and beautiful and love the juxtaposition of the patterns. Aisha is going to steal the look. She's done this job and her nickname was Cryisha because she was always crying on national television. She loved when she was open and it can affect people at home. Michelle says they have the toughest topic as it is heated in the LGBTQIA plus community. She liked how she talked about the topic kind of matter of fact. I'll give this a polka dot. It's a very, very safe polka dot. I need Raja to push it a little further if she wants this crown. Mm -hmm. I agree. Safe, but polka dot for sure. Yeah, I would just give it a solid like polka. Fair, fair. <laughs> it's a polka. It's, a polka. it's it, 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 it hits the middle for me. I don't know if it's a dot. I don't know if it's not. I was happy with it. It was cute. Polka. Audience, 83% polka dot, 17% polka knot. 
All right. Next up, Kylie Sonique Love Look by B. Kala. B. Kala is doing a lot for Kylie this season. Mm-hmm. This is the first time this season where I am not a fan of Kylie of what she is serving. There's really not a pattern clash as opposed to a massive color clash. I loathe the pink hat because it draws your eye away from the muted base of the garment. The silhouette is extraordinary and something very few could pull off because you need legs, honey, but you're allowed to fumble on your journey to the crown, but this is your only time you can make a mistake. Yeah. How'd you feel about Kylie? I really loved the execution of it. I thought the dress itself was a great look for her. I completely agree with you with the hat. Um, I was very distracted by the hat. Um, Overall, I agree with you. I was kind of missing a pattern. I was missing a pattern moment. It was a great look. It's not a bad look. It just, I don't think it fit on that runway. Yeah, it was print over pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. She's just so beautiful, though. I just, every yeah. time, I'm just, I'm just right. like, <laughs> I know, I get, I get all the critiques, but I'm just looking at her, and she's like, you're just so beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I no, that's, and that's, that's the thing. Well, Rue loves the dress and shoes. Aisha says she looks like a butterfly flew into a rave and loves the sparkly tights. Michelle says she had a tough job of moderating, but she didn't get to know enough of her. She wanted more of the moment she had with Raja because she knew she had more to tell. Ross says the point was to open up, and when he looks back, he can't remember what new things he learned about her. Tough critiques for Kylie, finally, but I'll give this a poke and not, not feeling it. I'll stick with you. I agree. Even though she looks so beautiful. Yeah, I, I really am obsessed with Kylie, and I love everything she's been doing this entire time, but I, I have, I, I'm sorry, but I have, I have to give it a poke and not. Audience not agreeing with us again. This is the week where I was like, what is happening? Audience was 78% polka dot, 22% polka dot. I was like, okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm happy to be in a minority sometimes because it may, shakes things up a little bit. Scarlet Envy, look by Alex Dymick, hair by LMNOP. I think this is a really great concept. It's a bit understated and that's what I enjoy about it. But when it comes to patterns, they are secondary to the letters. That being said, Her hair is expertly styled. The gloves are the right touch of sophistication. She is proving that she can do drag. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. She looks really beautiful. I, and I do think the hair is gorgeous and expertly styled, but I think with the things on her shoulders, it needed to be a little, little higher. Mm -hmm. There was something Mm -hmm. that kind of like flattened her on the top of her head. And I just wish it was like a little yeah. bit bigger with those like things on her shoulders. Uh-huh. But the proportions were just slightly needed to be slightly altered. But personally, Michelle, I would give it. Yeah, a, go ahead. I would personally give it a polka dot, but you know, I I enjoyed it. I felt I do agree with your statement on the letters do overpower the pattern, but I also yeah. felt like the sentiment behind it, and I felt like it was just. I felt like it was a relatively unique look. So I would give it a, I would give it a dot. 
Michelle says the look is absolutely stunning. We learned that the letters are actually love letters from her grandparents from the 1940s. No one has written me a love letter, so I'm expecting those. Anyone want to write me one? I'll take them. Um, Ross says it was fascinating when she talks about her moms. The best parts were when she was telling her truth, but when she flipped into show mode, because that was the most interesting part. Aisha says a big part of our lives as performers is having a mask on and letting it fall down. Rue says it was interesting watching her go from drag persona to real life as her mother's son. She doesn't know if she found that sweet spot between the two yet. She felt a little uncomfortable. Rue did say that. So um, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I like this look. I will give it a polka dot. Yeah. Polka dot. Polka dot. Good with it. Audience was enjoying it, but not feeling it as much. They were 66% polka dot, 34% polka not. But do we need to unpack the Rue comment of um, she felt a little uncomfortable? Is there much more to say? I mean, I did agree. Like I felt, and this is why I love Jan, because I feel like our brains kind of kind of think the same sometimes. Because I, I was thinking that when she said it in her in her talking head, she was like, that is like the because when when that came out of Bruce's mouth, I was like, oh damn, if like I was told that by like the showrunner, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, am I, am I allowed to swear on the show? I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, thank God. Um, but yeah, like. I I personally thought that that was pretty because I feel like lately they have been including Rue a little more in the critiques for like a fair amount of seasons there was no Rue critique um and now like the fact that Rue said that I I kind of took a step back and I was like oh shit that's crazy but um yeah Yeah, it was it was said I don't know how out of context it might have been but it's out in the yeah. ether, and that is definitely going to be part of Scarlett's storyline for the rest of her career. Mm, which is sad because I love her. Yeah. I am ready to talk about Jan. Look by Casey Slater, hair by Crimson, parts by Double D Wigs. We love Crimson. Shout out Crimson. Yes. She has got a signature purple passion here. Um, I think this is a lot of fun, but it's also just a lot. The bags help the story of clashing patterns, but it's really the clashing materials on the body that pull focus. The chaps need to go because they were too dominant when you have such a cool fabric on the garment that brings out texture. The hair is a lot of fun. The shapes tied into it was a smart idea. There is a lot of joy in this look, but it's less is more situation. I also agreed with Michelle's critique of the way the style, the way everything kind of below on her legs and everything made her look it screwed up it fucked up her proportions and yeah she, it just did something didn't look right and how it was shaped all around but i liked a lot of it and i always love crimson hair i love crimson so yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Said. In- incredible incredible mm-hmm. michelle says I- her face looks beautiful her hair is adorable but the dress would have looked stronger without the chaps and only knee socks it's not looking right Ross says, as a performer, she's always excited to be there, but it means being at 100%, 100 110%, 100% of the time. He thinks she'd be more, much more interesting as an entertainer if she had different paces, emotions, and energy. Jan starts to break down and says she knows she's high energy and talkative, but she's trying to find the balance of when to be high energy and when to be real. real. Rue tells her that in show business, they're all self-centered, 
You just can't appear that way. And Rue and Michelle laugh at Jan's expense. Girl, she just called you self-centered. Rue called Scarlett uncomfortable, but she just called you self-centered. I know. I personally would not want to be called self-centered. I personally think that's the worst critique. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> I retract what I said. <laughs> like, that's what no one's talking about, is Rue just called Jan self-centered. Not good. And I think where the the tough part of that is if if she could have kind of, like, taken that and heard it in a way of RuPaul is perceiving me as self-centered. This is the way I'm coming off to her. Uh-huh. She so didn't, she didn't, t- didn't get of, it. And that's not quite, I, you know, because I think on the surface, the critique just sounds like harsh. <laughs> like, yeah. you're self-centered. And I think she could have taken it in a constructive way, but I didn't see that. Now, I'm going to surprise tough. people here. With this list look, I'm actually going to give it a polka dot because I think it's good. Yeah. I am too. I'm gonna agree with you. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I would wear yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of like polka dotting the shit out of it because I loved it very much. And guess what? We're in the minority once again. The audience was 30% polka dot, 70% polka dot. They weren't here for it. Um, that's fine. Uh, and listen, no one, not everyone's got to agree with me. It's sometimes more fun than they know. But I yeah. think this was a fun look. I personally. enjoyed it. Next up, Ginger Minch, hair by 1-800-wig takeout, sunglasses by the Santiali, look by Mondo Guerra. I love this because it's got a perfect blend of whimsy and camp. The hat and the boots are hand-painted and do clash with the outfit, but the outfit, which is the same pattern in different colors, is the focal point of the look. The hair is wonderful. She looks expensive, and she is on the gayest safari that I want to join. Yeah, yeah, she is. I love that the heels of the boots are a different pattern than the rest of the boot. That killed me. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's some good detail. I love that. I think like the length with the like boots that go up is a little awkward, but Mm -hmm. otherwise I think it like fit the assignment of clash, but be in the same pattern family, but like look ridiculous, but also have like a perspective or a story. I agree. Encompass all of those. I yeah. give it a polka dot. Yeah. Polka dot. Major polka dot on that one for sure. Audience, 83% polka dot, 17% polka dot. Yeah. And finally, Pandora Box, look by Jesus Godoy, hair by Drag Wigs on a Dime, earrings by Amped Accessories. I got their reference immediately and felt proud of myself when she confirmed it. The only issue for me is it lacked pizzazz to really stand out. I have seen those patterns singularly on looks and they feel cheap. Together, they still feel cheap. Throw a stone on or a hundred, maybe it'll look better. But that being said, I think the um, stitching is expertly crafted. Mm-hmm. This could have been a prime example and opportunity to play with camp again and use a yarn wig. Like that would have made Pandora stand out so much oh. better. I don't know why she didn't. I know. I kind of felt like the wig kind of could have something. I because I originally kind of thought the wig could be a little higher, but now that you say the yarn thing, now I'm kind of like, oh, of course. And I also feel like the the cuffs too. I like them, but I what you're saying about there could have either been like 
a rhinestone moment on the dress or, yeah. or, or the cuffs could have been like, like, like jeweled or rhinestoned or something. It was missing some sparkle for me or a little wow factor because I got the reference immediately. And, and Hunter's going to disagree with us. I, I can see the face. Uh, no, no, I agree with you. I, I just don't want it to come off like I'm hating on Pandora. I had a lot of feelings about this when it came out. Go for I was, it, go for it. I I wish if she had wanted to do that reference, like to really hit it, like I wish she would have done like just not a glamorous face. Like if she would have gone full, like Bitch, really like, yeah. like painted her skin, like, you know, and like and really gone for it. But I think what you guys said about the wig, I also think is kind of what it's like, it's too glamorous for like what it, what she's trying to go for. Also the dress doesn't hit the floor, it really bothers me. I um, know, <laughs> I know. Well, everyone, listeners, come this fall, um, come this Halloween, Hunter Paris Cartier will give us a Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Real there you go. Do it I'll properly. do it right. Yeah. Um, Ross likes the dress because it really is class, clash of the pattern and likes the polka dot on her polka dot. The issue was he never really knew how she felt about the topic. Aisha says she liked listening to them as a team and likes hearing her talk about ageism. Michelle personally knows Pandora and knows she is not a demure quiet lady and feels like she's holding back. This one is where I really was like, I love it, but I hate it and I don't know where to go with it. I'm going to lean closer to polka knot because I do have more critique than positive. Polka knot from me. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's a polka knot for me. The audience was basically right down the middle 54% polka dot, 46% polka knot. Mm-hmm. Rue has made some wild decisions. Trinity K. Bonet, Eureka, and Akira C. Davenport were the best team of the week. So they're safe because Ginger Minj is the top all star of the week. What? What? Okay. What? How do we feel about this? I was angry. I was angry. <laughs> I I I firmly believe Akira got robbed. Akira for me should have been the top all star of the week. Okay. Okay. Because she did that. outperform Trinity on the runway. Yes. Okay. There. That's true. Yeah, I was about to say that. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. She had the strongest runway of the group. And I think anyone in that group could have won, I think, from the sit down. Maybe not Eureka, but but I think if you're including the runway, yes, I agree. Akira. Give it to Akira for sure. So this means that Scarlett, Raja, Kylie, Pandora, Jan are in jeopardy. Ultimately, Jan, Kylie, Scarlett are the bottom queens with Pandora and Raja being safe. It was this just a, a, a wild setup because yes, we've seen this situation happen before where an entire team is safe, but a different person from a different team is the winner. Mm-hmm. Why Ginger? Was it because of now, who was going to be in the bottom? Maybe, but now you're putting thoughts in my head because now it's like, oh yeah, you're right. She was the only one that sponsor that had that sponsor thing, right? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. That was yeah. It seemed. I mean, I love Ginger, and I don't think she did bad, and I'm. I think she's no. doing great. But it seemed very out of left field for me that because I didn't really because, have Ginger on the radar for no because uh, runway wise, she I wouldn't put her as the number one. And for her to win, she would have had to be 
the best to outperform anybody. Did it help her that her team wasn't as good? Maybe. But did she maybe. outperform the other three from the winning team? I don't think so. I don't think so because it's also like a team challenge. And if the cohesion was like the cohesion of the other group was there. And I also think that's something that they should be like praised for. That should, right. you know, that could also give them a point is that they, Akira was the best individually, but also like could fit and flow with her team well. If you're just the best standing on your own, and this was like a now, challenge where you had to work with other people. We're, I'm gonna, we're gonna play a game of hypotheticals for a second. Let's say Ginger is safe, Pandora is safe, Raja is safe. Let, and let's pretend any of the other three would have won and they got to eliminate someone. Of Kylie, Scarlett, Jan, who are they eliminating? Because I think I know the answer for all three of them. Jan. I think all three of them would have sent Jan. <laughs> I really think, I think so. that, I think after what has happened with who has been eliminated, and I don't think Rue is happy, Rue wasn't ready to get rid of Jan for story. And they would have eliminated her. And... I mean, I love, I mean, I really do love Jan. However, in this kind of context of the way the show went, I, I, I was kind of, while I was watching it, I was ready for it to happen. I was like, okay, I think they're going to send Jan home. I think this is it. That's unfortunate. This was the gag moment. This was the gag moment of the season. And I, I was, I was truly, truly gagged by it. I really was kind of prepping myself. I was like, okay, I think my favorite's about to go home. And then when they said Scarlet, I kind of was like, wait, <laughs> yeah so th that is my theory that is where i think it would have gone but yeah. we'll really never know because that's not how rupaul played it it's time to talk about deliberations a little bit um they're here the girls return to the workroom mostly with sour pusses on scarlet is disappointed to be in the bottom because she was excited to share the story of her mom's she will plead her case scarlet says that she got rave reviews and that they loved their look and had the hardest category. She goes on to say that she didn't get the worst critique. Cue the face crack behind me from Jan <laughs> and the confessional. Um, Jan says this is not the tea because Scarlett is ignoring the fact that RuPaul, the person who has top billing of the program, said she made her uncomfortable. So this is now the time for Ginger to take Scarlett over to talk to her. She's thrilled she won and has the chance to get $30,000, but she has to vote, so she has to play along to the listening to what Scarlett has to say. Scarlett felt good at what she did and didn't think she'd be asking for a second chance. She tells Ginger that she didn't get the harshest critiques and that Jan should go home. Did Ginger buy any of this? Hmm. Hmm. I, I do think I see in Ginger that, I mean, it kind of makes sense, like Ginger was thinking about like Jan was on my team and I don't think there was anything anyone could have said that would have changed that in her mind. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I and again, optics wise, you don't want to be the one to send home the trans queen. I also think they just love Kylie. I, I think everyone and kind there's of no has reason like a for very, her to be like, eliminated. Right. Agreed. Yeah, I felt like it. I, yeah, I kind of felt it was one of those moments of sometimes when they do this, when there's more than two down there, there's definitely at least like if there's four in there or three, there's usually one that's like, well, it's not going to be them. Exactly. Like it's just 
circumstantial. And I felt that way about Kylie. I was like, it's going to come down to Jan or Scarlett. If Kylie's fine. Yeah. So Raja to the group says that Jan's major critique is, and I quote, that she gives 110%, 110% of the time, which is a twist of what was actually said. What was actually said was it was she was at 100%, 110%, 100% of the time. Those words really make a big difference. Jan is confused because she brought the funk and, and that is a compliment. And Miss Eureka with the opinion 110% of the time says that's not what they meant. They wanted her to be conversational. Um, Trinity says that she needed to bring her energy level down. And like the river in Egypt, Jan was in denial. I also think it's hard like she's sitting there just getting everybody to be like this is what you should do and this is what you should do and yeah. this is it's kind of like at some point like also not the time for someone to be hearing what they need to hear exactly uh, but she does need to hear it at some point from somebody but I think in that moment like <laughs> it's like and Eureka <laughs> in confessional says something that I finally will approve of she says Jan is wearing me the fuck out she doesn't understand the funk she's missing and is the realness <laughs> Jan crying at being told she is insecure is crushing to her from a personal standpoint this critique has been present since she started drag I've spoken about this many times she's talented but when it takes you months to know who I am and I was on the panel to crown you during a pageant it is selfish and hurtful to someone who just championed your talents. So for me to watch this, it's hard because you hate seeing someone go through this, but at the end of the day, it's a dose of reality on international on the international level because she's heard this before from many people, but it's now taking RuPaul on Drag Race to finally get it to click in her head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my Jan story. Um, yeah. Even reviewed her show. Didn't know who I was for a while. I was like, that's not the tea. That's not, not how things should work. But oh well. Ginger tells Kylie that she's a huge fan of hers. And Kylie is embarrassed she's sitting there. Ginger tells her that she did have a weaker performance, but she played the moderator. She didn't want to step on the stories. Ginger doesn't know what she's going to do in the moment, but she knows that's really a lie. Kylie wants to be at the top of Ginger. That's her dream. I think that's foreshadowing. Yeah, I have, Just saying, I, have, I think that's going to be a, a final two, perhaps, in my personal I, Yeah, I kind of I kind of have heard, heard some things about town and have my own theories as well, and I kind of think that that might be happening myself. To the group, Kylie says she's waited 12 years to get back to Drag Race and get a second chance. She didn't come there to be pretty or the trans girl. She tells the group that they need to believe in her. I'm glad she said those words because that is very helpful to keep her there for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, Eureka just asks her to talk louder next week so she can hear. But Kylie says when she gets loud, she gets country. Oh, yeah. I Bring sometimes it. get I country, country when girl. I get loud. And I'm not even country. I'm from New Jersey, so... Eureka, who still thinks she's the gatekeeper, says that she needs to push it out of her um, if she wants to stay. 
Then Jan starts to chat with Ginger, who is all over the place. And Ginger tells her that Scarlett told her she had the harshest critique. Jan thinks this is bullshit and says that overall she had the harsher critique, but Rue gave Scarlett the harshest critiques. Again, Jan is omitting the um, self-centered part, but because she didn't want to hear that, so she didn't tell Ginger that. Ginger goes through all the three queens and tries to figure out the judging criteria for herself. She has a, no idea, so she's asking one of the producers to whisper in her ear what she should do. Ginger's always been good at the confessionals. Always been yeah. very strong. Professional. Professional. Let's head back head back to the runway. It's time to present this week's Lip Sync Assassin. Who's it going to be? The curtain goes up, and it's season six winner, Bianca Del Rio? What the I hell? Akira says literally what we're all thinking. They want to use the, lip, the term lip sync assassin and they're sending Bianca Del Rio, the bitch who never lip syncs, in the words of Bianca Del Rio, baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity is like, we never saw her lip sync. And that's the, the, the team. Blame it on Bianca Del Rio. Bianca calls some of the Queen's all-stars. I wish she read them all. I, I, I have a feeling there is like an edit somewhere where she did read them all, but it just didn't oh, fit. Yeah. Absolutely. But is she ready to lip sync the house down boots? Well, actually, no. Excuse me? She's not interested in doing it because she didn't have to do it on her season. Why start now? She tells the girls, if you do it right the first time, you don't have to come back. She's just looking for the background. This gimmick was wild. Also, how much did she get paid for this? Yeah, what was the what was the compensation here? Because she had to go through all their COVID set protocol to just to walk up in there, yeah. say hey, and then leave ice cream. Like <laughs> literally, um, she had to either already be on set, already be in face. You do not fly Bianca Del Rio out for a gimmick. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe she was around LA. I something had to happen. I want the backstory because this was really funny, but also what? But yeah. well, also I do one. Oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I gotta say that that look, she was giving me that Glenn Close Sunset Boulevard oh moment. And I gotta tell you, I was very, very impressed. I was very satisfied with that. I was like, that was a complete like tribute to Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. And I being the musical theater person I am, I, I was sitting there like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Well, so it is time to reveal the real lip sync assassin. And honey, when I tell you she got a major downgrade, it's the always uninteresting Mayhem Miller. I guess she was around town and then Rue was like, why the hell not? God. <laughs> it was a it is a weird to go from bianca to mayhem those are, bianca's the most followed drag race queen on instagram mayhem it is a jump but i was like really really the song is everyone's favorite lizzo song phone is there a drag queen who has not performed this song at this point in time? I've never done it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. I, oh, the amount of times I've seen that number performed and I'm like, it's still entertaining, but oh God. 
This is yeah. a slam dunk, easy song if you know how to do it right. And you know what Ginger did? She camped it out and really played into the silliness of the song. Though that being said, I think Bianca could have actually done this performance to this song. Oh, yeah, I think so. She, she would have been good. Um, I though with that shoe at the end. That was the absolutely. one thing where I was like, you can win it just for that. <laughs> that that's fair. But for me, um, the walking and the eyes and the lack of Louboutin when she referenced the Louboutin was hilarious from Ginger um, because those were definitely from the Payless. Um, Mayhem duck walked. So Ginger is like, what's that? And I'm like, I feel the pain in your knees as you're going through that. But yeah. <laughs> Ginger, like, really is such an incredible entertainer. Yeah, I agree. Like, if, if, if anyone doubted her prior to this moment, why she could win the season, this was a performance that proved she is an all-star. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mayhem, as you said, does do the heel bit for the last line because that is the right thing to do. But alas... It wasn't enough. Rue has given the win to Ginger Minj, so her vote will be the deciding vote. But first, Ginger has decided to give $2,500 to each of her teammates because she doesn't think she could have won without them. Ginger, the three of us are sitting here. We are starving artists. Can we have money too? Please. Hi, hello. <laughs> Thanks. Hi. Um, what I will say is, Ginger, you really hurt my heart because she does give the chop to Scarlett. And again, I said this was going to happen last week. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon, but it happened. Scarlett is devastated. She wanted to prove herself that she could do it. And Scarlett leaves and says, write a love letter to you. How sweet. How sweet. How sweet. Were, 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 were we surprised by this elimination from Ginger? I was. You thought it was going to be Jan? I, I, I was prepared. I kind of was like, I think, I think it's time. And I think I really thought, I thought Scarlett was going to be safe. It would have been a really interesting story arc for Ginger because we've seen Ginger kind of take Jan under her wing all season. So then give her the chop would have been, Ooh, is she a villain now? We like this, but yeah. is she now the villain for not eliminating Jan? That's the thing. And we'll discuss a con some a conspiracy ad later, but are we ready to talk about Untucked? Yeah. Here we go. All right. Akira feels good. She got a little piece of the top and a bit of redemption. Eureka needs her trajectory to shoot off the end and finally win a challenge, and she wants $10,000. From the bottom, now she's here. Akira is not in the bottom this week. Ginger has earned her drink. The top team congratulates her. She finally feels seen in this competition. But Ginger finds it strange that she's not sitting there without her teammates. Eureka is curious how it will work. She says, are they all bottoms? And I say, I mean, dot, 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 probably they're all bottoms, right? How many drag queens are tops? Probably name them on like one hand. They're more than Venus, you think. It's Venus Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just surrounded, <laughs> surrounded in my family by them, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm biased. That's fair. That's fair. They think Raja can be safe as she was the most conservative in the group, as 
was she, as she was in the challenge. Eureka says Scarlet played too much of a character. She says her look is sweet, but it's not the nicest look to her, which I'm like, did you look in a mirror, bitch? She also says Kylie is a nice, has a nice look, but doesn't get clashing patterns. And I'm like, fuck off. Yours is still terrible. Who made you queen of decisions? But this is Eureka O'Hara. This is what she does. She decides how everyone else should feel. Trinity says that Ginger and Pandora were two adults having a conversation with a teenager. She felt Jan was out of place. And she thinks her answers were hyper. Akira goes on to say that even with Pandora, her jokes were enforced. They were natural and landed. Eureka thinks Jan was strategic in how she was talking, like how she is normally. If that was not a read... How's Jan going to take it watching this back? I don't know. This must have been impossible for her to watch this episode. Yeah, probably. Because, like, you can <laughs> accept what you hear, but all these confessionals and the moments you're not in the room, that's hard to watch back and take. So I hope she was surrounded by people um, who care about her. Absolutely. Yeah. Ginger is proud of them and couldn't see either of them in the bottom. She thought they were fine, which was our cue in this moment, obviously, to know Jan was going to be safe. Eureka is jealous Ginger won because she's sad she keeps pushing to the top and has yet to win anything. It's depressing because like her life, you almost get there, but you never get it. Girl, same. I understand. I, I've been in that situation many a time. Ginger felt the same way about Eureka last week with her Madonna performance and I say thank you because that performance was shit. Um, thank you. <laughs> it was shit. I'm glad they reshowed that clip because it was not the tea. It unfortunately was not. It, that is again another moment. Scarlet should have been in the top. Scarlet should have had that position. Yeah. Yep. Trinity asks if there is a battle of the big girls, and Ginger says that there's always a battle for the big one, big white sassy girl. Eureka says that they are naturally pinned against each other, and most of the time you can only have one big girl at the top. Could there be two this year? We'll find out. Ginger likes that they are in competition together because they can stand next to each other and show how they can offer very different things. And I think that's a really, really important conversation to have. I wish we got to see that on the main show because not everybody is watching Untalked, as we learn, um, because not All everyone right. knows it. Not everyone, but that's the thing, not everyone knows it exists because whatever, but I think it is important that we have this cast have so many quote-unquote big girls because it is real. It's true, and there is never too much big in drag. Exactly. And it allows everybody to have their own nuances, their own storylines, and I have to be like, you are representing one thing, all the exactly. spotlights on you. But I do wish that exactly. I think it's a line for all these untucks. Like, why aren't these conversations in the real episodes? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I now watching the international um, seasons the way I have, I firmly do believe that it needs to be one singular show where untuck needs to be built into the episode, um, just because mm-hmm. it flows so much better. But when you want two hours of content, this yeah. is how they're going to get it. Eureka regrets that she didn't ask more questions when Trinity talks about her HIV positive status. So now's the time to educate. Trinity says that there are a lot of people who didn't know you could get PrEP and medicine and you can be undetectable and not fear you can contract something from someone who has it. 
once you get your hands on the medicine, you are able to control your life. Trinity always tells her status from the beginning. Again, this is so important, and I'm glad she has the space to talk about it. Um, because I did, I definitely had an experience with someone who was HIV positive, and I was at that time terrified. I was like, are we not allowed to do anything? Because I was uneducated, because no one told me the situation. Um, mm-hmm. So again, this is another another moment where you're right. It should be on the main show. We need to hear this. Absolutely. Ginger goes on to say that she didn't know Akira lived a period of her life as a trans woman. She went through the stages to know if she was Ginger. It was fun to get into drag, but she knew mentally she was not a woman in the head. She stands up for trans women because she loves um, how hard it can be to be pushed out to find work and to be loved, Akira says. The main reason she didn't go through with it was because she was not mentally equipped to be a woman, and it was too many things that wouldn't allow her to transition. Again, another important topic that people need to hear. Yes. What, how did, what did you think about um, Akira's admission here? It's, I, it's like, this needs to be shouted from the rooftops. Like, people need to hear this kind of dialogue and discourse because especially with drag, the way people see it outside, uh, like, I know, I mean, I know when my parents found out, like, they were like very confused. They asked me a lot of questions and kind of talking about how drag and like, you know, the nuances, how drag, gender identity and expression all mix together and all of that, like people need to hear that and see that and hear those different stories. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't hear about it, but it's really important to talk about. It, it really is. And again, we I joke and say, is this all Emmy bait? Is it Emmy bait? Yeah, it is Emmy bait, but it's in the mainstream. And these are discussions that were taboo for the longest time. Mm-hmm. They're finally yeah. being accepted. It's a slow step and it's a short step, but we are moving toward progress. And I just hope we can get there a little quicker, a little, a little quicker. It is like, but it's a big step too. I mean, like I was sitting there, like just watching it, just like, first of all, like pretty blown away by the conversations, but also just like was sitting there and I was like, wow, yeah, like this is on TV. Like, so like, and because everybody watches the show now, it's like, I was pretty blown away that like the, these were the main conversations being had. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy that this is what people are seeing this week. Like, this is so good. This is what yeah. needs to be going on. Yeah. Ginger takes the opportunity to say that growing up, she never felt like a boy when they would play house. She would always be the mommy. She never pictures herself as a female figure, but more of a feminine figure. It was hard because she didn't know, what trans was and she learned about trans uh, about gender fluid and non-binary and that she felt it was made up but then when she realized that it was her she now feels she knows herself better and feels valid and worthy knowing who she is eureka is surprised by gender uh, ginger's gender fluid and non-binary admission as they too are gender fluid and non-binary and very very open about it again important and my mom is someone who is very supportive and, and wants to be um, an active proponent in, in helping the LGBTQ community, but she's uneducated because she's not in a place to learn because she doesn't know people like that. So she, she, it, it, this is a great way for her to understand this kind of thing while being entertained at the same time. Um, because yeah, non-binary 
was a buzzword a couple years ago. It was like, what is that? And 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 you questioned it for a long time. But it's been around forever. Now we just have a term to define it. And I think that's again important, um, especially for everyone who does identify as gender fluid and non-binary. Mm-hmm. So shout out to them. <sighs> the lip sync assassin is on site. Say hey to Mayhem Miller, who was only available queen in LA metro area. She gets her own little dicta- uh, director's chair. She was there last season for All-Star 5. Now she's back for All-Star 6. She's happy to be called back again and be considered a lip-sync assassin. <sighs> Does she have blackmail on real? What, what is... I don't know. Yeah, she may, maybe... So. And maybe not. No, right? I mean, she went home right with Monet and Ten. I don't think she's one of lip-sync. <laughs> I mean, yeah, neither no, did she... Jessica Wilde. Oh, I love her. Wait, I love her. <laughs> yeah, the term is very, very loose here, but yeah, that's all we got from Mayhem. They're like, we don't really care about you. Here's your camera time. It's all about Bianca. Oh. Um, I wish, yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish they would have shown Bianca there or like her getting I ready because I, I wanted to know. Um, but Mayhem does know Bianca is there for the gag, but she's like, I'm the real gag, and I'm like, you're delusional. It's okay. The girls are all now back together. Trinity does not like this. Raja thinks they deserve a raise to make this decision. Trinity feels like they all turned it on the runway and they all put their hearts and minds into the challenge. The person who goes home is going to feel some type of way. Cut to Scarlett digging her grave as she says, it's hard to say there won't be hard feelings. Trinity has an issue with this because she didn't want to fall out with anybody. Scarlett says it's not going to be falling out, but says she will take it hard. Trinity is bothered by this and didn't come here to have animosity with anybody. I thought we were going to go to blows here because you had Scarlett who's fighting for herself and Trinity who likes to fight. She didn't mm-hmm. come here to fight, but she likes to fight. Yeah. Um, but they handled it well. Scarlett is devastated after being eliminated. There's nothing more that she can say. Yeah. What we can say is this is how the votes played out. I don't know if you've looked um, to to watch it, but here here's here's some things to discuss. Ready? Yeah, we I have, want to talk about this. <laughs> we have Akira, Jan, Kylie, and Pandora voting Scarlet. Eureka, Raja, Trinity, Scarlet voting Jan. That is a four-four tie. Obviously, Ginger voted for Scarlet. What would have happened if Mayhem won? Would Ginger's vote have been the deciding vote? Also. Why Akira voted for her season 11 sister and why Kylie voted for her teammate is beyond me. Because there, it would have been a 6-2 vote. Oh. Let's discuss. <laughs> Wait, let's start with... Let's Who voted for Jan? So Jan right. was voted by Scarlett, Eureka, Raja, and Trinity. Mm-hmm. Akira, Jan, Kylie, Pandora for Scarlet. So again, four four tie. I don't remember if this uh-huh. has happened before. I I can't really recall because this is the first time I'm really remembering discussing it. What would have happened no, if Mayhem won? I think that's what happened. Oh, if Mayhem won, Ginger's has to decide it. I think yeah, Ginger's would decide it then, or they make Jan that- and Scarlet lip sync. <laughs> right. Wouldn't or that have been better television? That. 
Wouldn't that have been better television? Wait, that would have been amazing because that's actually genius because then RuPaul could be like, well, then I'll decide and then do a lip sync for your life. Now, listen, I am a huge Die Hard Survivor fan. When we finally got, I think it was 36, the first time there was ever a final tribal council tie and we got to see how that played out. Yeah, incredible. Love that. I wanted this here. I wanted to know how this game is played. We're still going to have to wait for it. Um, but now, again, going back to the, where the votes came, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully get an answer next week. Akira and Kylie's vote really did shock me. Yeah, Akira and Kylie's. I mean, I, I, I voted for Scarlett and Akira voted for Scarlett. Yep. Wow. This is now the second time where if, I mean, I understand this is a different kind of game, but if they played Survivor and made alliances, this is the second time Jan could have been eliminated because they could have eliminated Jan instead of Silky if they had this season 11 alliance. Well, I was still shocked that Akira voted for Silky. Right. Um, and that's why I think the four of them like split their votes the way they did, which was still stupid. I, 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 again, I know where my head is at. I love reality TV and I analyze it that way. This is more of a competition show where it's based on talent. I really want to know why those votes happened. Yeah, I don't know. I hope Do you have any theories? I think, I mean, was Kylie pissed off at what um, Scarlett said to her about not having energy? That pro, that might be it. That could be there's that one. And Akira, I think, is playing a smart game. She knows she's been in the bottom already. Like, and if Scarlett says that there's gonna be hard feelings, like she's like, get rid of her. (laughs) I mean, didn't didn't Jan just vote for Akira to go home? Oh Oh, no, you're (laughs) right. This is why I'm very confused at how the votes came out because my logic is gameplay, their logic is not. So I I can't wait for next week just for this scene. I'm sure we'll get the reveal like tomorrow when they release the preview to the yeah. episode. Yeah, they'll do 15 minutes for sure. Scarlet came in this time with expectations, so to not meet those expectations hurts her. Right now, her bubble has been popped, but she's going to keep going. Scarlet doesn't think it was her time and asks the producer, does she have to pack up? LOL, because no. She's going to play. She's going to play the game within the game. She hopes mm-hmm. that she has changed hearts and minds with her time there. And girl... You have become a robbed goddess, which is a very good place to be. When the fans think you are robbed, they will love you more than you sh- they normally do. A robbed goddess is always a good role to get. Let us end with some burning questions. What is Scarlet's legacy? Ooh. I think she's always been a fan favorite. Like, pe- the fans really do love her. And mm-hmm. I think that is just, that's something that's continued. I think she kept that going through All Stars, and it's like she has that for herself i personally think she definitely was somebody i mean i felt like she had a really good glow up in between i felt like in between her season and now like i felt like her makeup was pulled together more i felt like her looks were completely pulled together more i feel like she really did elevate that's yeah yeah i i think i i've always been a fan of scarlet um Obviously, mm-hmm. being a New York queen, I knew her a little bit. I've reviewed her. I've seen her, met her. I've always been fond of her. This season, she got fucked royally. I really think Rue saw her as a filler queen, cast her as a filler queen to be the foil for Raja. 
She didn't get that because the two of them were on good terms. She outran her course. And I think, unfortunately, that's why she didn't get the top spot she deserved earlier in the season. Because I don't, because I, I think there would have been a really strong case to not get rid of her in this moment. Um, yeah. she was doing, she was doing exceptionally well. Is Scarlett going to be someone that they bring back for All Stars twelve? No, I don't think so. I don't think she, you will see her on our screens again, and that for me is unfortunate because mm-hmm. she is a good drag artist. I hope the fans will appreciate what she brings to the table and will go support her out when she goes on tour. I know she's doing a bubble burlesque tour, which I think is exceptional. Um, So I'm excited for her. That's awesome. Is an American horror story. uh, Next week is an American horror story filled week as Angela Bassett makes a cameo. Emma Roberts is the guest host and the acting challenge is a parody of American horror story. Who is in danger and why is Kylie Sunique Love going to win because she's playing Jessica Lang? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that this is the episode I have been waiting for. Um, for my maybe, we'll, we'll chat. Maybe I'll bring you back next week also if you want. I was going to say, maybe, maybe I should do a double feature on this one because I got to tell you, I am stoked. Um, I kind of feel like. I wonder if it's going to be an Akira in trouble moment, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, It looks like we're doing a conglomeration of like all American Horror Story jammed into one Um, because we got Mm -hmm. the the twins. We have clearly um, Coven version of Jessica Lange. Um, I think this is ripe for parody. So this may be actually a good written challenge, hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But I could see Akira being in danger. Um, I could see Trinity being in danger too, because uh, we know how um, she has acted in a horror challenge before. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like Trinity might be the one in trouble as well. So it'll be very interesting. And again, I do think these votes are going to play a big part of next week. You think? Because they're split. This group is split. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if you can say it or anything, but what is this game within a game? Do you know what it is? I do. Oh, you do? We'll okay. talk about it after because I don't want to spoil yeah, it for we'll the, the let's we'll but I ask it every week. After five episodes, the winner of the season is... Ooh. <sighs> I have to say, I feel personally like it could be Ginger or I kind of have my three in mind and I feel like it's going to be Ginger, Raja or potentially Sonic as well. That's kind of what I think, but I don't know. Ginger or TKB for me. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) I, um... I'm still feeling a ginger Kylie world. Um, Though Kylie did have a little bit of fall this week. I don't think it was too much of a fall because Kylie is getting a lot of screen time as a narrator. Um, And Kylie is not a narrator. Um, 
if we get to learn a little bit about Kylie's backstory, then I can see her definitely taking it. But we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't had a reason to get there yet because it hasn't been shown. Um, but this is what I enjoy is when I can watch a season and not know who the winner is. Of course, I like to like toot my own horn at the end of the season and be like, I knew it from the beginning, which I've been yeah. able to do for a lot recently. This season yeah. is all over the place, and that makes for an exciting season, which is why All-Star 6 is exceeding expectations. It is exceeding. I'm very Absolutely. impressed. I'm very impressed. Well, where can we find you both on social media and Venmo? Oh, you can go first, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Hunter P. Cartier. Cartier like the diamond. Uh, yes. And uh, my memo is Hunter PC. Uh, I did just get an overdraft fee on my bank account. So if anyone wants to help me out with that, please do. Uh, <laughs> I just saw the email. So uh, help me. Um, but yeah, I'm all around DC. Come find me for at least a couple more weeks and then I'm moving. But um, <laughs> where are you moving to? Come find me. I'm moving to Boston. Why? I know. Uh, my out my out of hunter life is taking me back to school in Boston. So. Uh, oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Up there, but I'm always a DC diva at heart. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll go back and visit. Oh, absolutely! And I also have like six shows between then and now, so uh, <laughs> still got my eye on the DC. Uh, the DC team. <laughs> Fantastic! Love that. What about you? Um, okay, so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, mine is at uh, Lady L A D Y period Griff G R I F F two Fs. So Lady Griff is my Insta, and then my Venmo is Griffin uh, with an I N, and then zero seven one eight. It's my birthday. However, if you see it on there and it says Samuel Bar, that is me because that is my first name. And all you have to look at is my profile picture on Venmo, which is a picture of me with RuPaul. <laughs> there so, you go. There it is. Well, it, is. it was a pleasure having you both on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm yes. so happy. Thank you. Any excuse to talk more about Draggers? <laughs> yes! <laughs> A huge thanks to Griffin and Hunter for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me your favorite episode so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.